Welcome again to the Afero podcast series. This is Shaheen Khan, and today I have the pleasure of having Dima Tokar. Dima is the co-founder and head of research for an industry analyst firm called Mock Nation. Those of you who are into IoT have no doubt heard about Mock Nation. They've been doing some really cool stuff, tracking the industry that binds all of us together. So Dima, thanks for being here. Thanks, Shaheen. It's, it's a pleasure to talk to you. All right. So we thought that we just jump into it as we normally do. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about Mock Nation, company story, how you guys came to be, why IoT, that sort of stuff. Yeah. So Mock Nation is, uh, is a five-year-old company and uh, co-founded it with, uh, with a good friend of mine, Steve Hilton. And uh, both of us at the time were thinking about IoT and it was still early days for at least that terminology. And uh, we saw that there was a need for folks that could really understand the technology that uh, brings us all together and the business models that are going to be coming up and evolving over time as IoT becomes implemented and deployed within enterprises, within homes, and within public sector organizations. And so Mock Nation is an industry analyst firm, as well as an IoT benchmarking company that takes those business models, understands them, and distills the technology into testable bits which allows us to then quickly create really good apples to apples comparisons of different technology, helps us put companies in buckets that are digestible and understandable to the general IoT audience. And this is our approach. It's a, one of the things that's kind of unique about us is that not only do we look at the higher level research, such as putting together scorecards and, and industry documentation, but we also use the technology hands-on, which gives us a really intimate and close-up look at all of the technology that makes IoT possible today. That's excellent. And in fact, what got us drawn to Mock Nation was uh, one of the benchmark reports that you had put out that was in fact doing an apples-to-apples -apples comparison, and we found it very, very valuable. So that's great, and I think it really does fill a gap in the market. Uh, and in agreement with you, what we also see in interacting with customers is how IoT is so core, so fundamental to their so-called digital transformation journey. And it's uh, really at the root of that. That's right. And I think one thing that's really interesting about IoT is that it's both core to so many different companies out there, but it's also different depending on the use case, depending on the domain, depending on the type of the company that is implementing it. So it's both a common thread and also a combination of very, very different technology approaches, depending on the types of industry you look at. And so that makes it a very interesting beast to discuss because it's, it's really hard to discuss IoT at a high level because it's a combination of so many different approaches, technologies, business models. It's just a, a real complex set of challenges that enterprises are trying to solve with this digital transformation. You know, it really is. If you look at anything from just connectivity to security to on and on all the way to the cloud and AI and insight and control back to the, the thing is that you're trying to manage, it's, a, it's just a very broad spectrum of skills and expertise that are needed. That's right. And I think the other set of differences in, in the space is that you have companies in such different stages of, of evolution of where they are in the IoT journey. So you've got some folks that are essentially have assets that have never been connected, and they're just trying to figure out how to get some data from, from an asset out in the field into the cloud or into an edge compute instance, where there's other companies that have, that have been dealing with connected things for, for years, right? If we think about the smartphone world, and those companies are familiar with the paradigms and the technologies that enable it, 
there's still a level of complexity in getting it right and getting it right for the end user and making that technology work in the way that your employees and your customers really expect it to. So this is a really good segue into just the challenges of IoT. And what are some of the, what do you guys see as the top business ROI-oriented challenges that are slowing things down or impediments to IoT implementation today? Yeah, that's it's a really good question. And I think truly, um, you know, there's two sets of challenges. One is sort of the technical ones. But I think before anyone dives into solving the technical challenge, they really need to understand the business of IoT and how it impacts their organization. And so when I think about business-related ROI challenges, it really sort of comes down to three categories of challenges that companies are trying to solve internally. So, so one to me is really about figuring out what IoT solution actually produces an ROI positive result. A second challenge is getting the executive buy-in to get these solutions deployed and get the organization in line with whatever is necessary across different parts of the organization to make it work. And the third one is really about getting business value out of IoT data. So it's not just about getting IoT data, that's important in and of itself, but it's getting business value out of it, which I think is really, really challenging. And so if we discuss each one separately, as far as the first one is concerned, figuring out an ROI positive IoT solution. So I think here it's not that difficult anymore to come up with visionary ideas of, oh, we could connect this and we could create this dashboard and we could uh, allow these users to see this set of information. But figuring out which of those solutions actually makes business sense is much more difficult. It's not just about solving it with the technology, but it's really about looking at where your business is headed and where you want to be in the future and building a solution that addresses those needs. And that is much more non-trivial than a lot of folks might expect. On the second one, as far as getting executive buy-in, so I think we all agree that IoT solutions are inherently transformational and therefore, by definition, they impact many different sides of the business. So it's not just the obvious ones like, say, the IT group or the engineering group, which has to build and deploy and operate the solution, but it affects marketing because they are now promoting a different product. It affects sales because now different things are being sold. And then, of course, finance has to keep track of the numbers behind the scenes. And then the third one, getting business value out of IoT data. So once you do embark on this IoT journey, you often run into a problem where not only do you have data, but you actually have too much data and you're inundated with a lot of information coming from different sensors. And now your challenge has shifted to actually figuring out how do you extract value out of that data? And that's not always easy. That's something that requires data science, that requires working with partners that really understand how to take raw data from sensors and connect the things and turn it into something that's truly valuable. You know, you say ROI, and of course, that immediately leads to TCO. And that was really the what instigated this conversation we're having together is the TCO tool that you guys have built that also caught our attention some weeks and months ago. So I kind of look at ROI as the numerator and the TCO as the denominator. If you get the maximum ROI for the least TCO, then you're really doing well. But they're obviously very related. So speak to us how you guys look at TCO. How did you come to decide to build a TCO tool? Clearly, it's a market gap. Clearly, it's a big part of customer decision criteria. It has a giant impact on whether you build it or whether you buy it. Take us through that if you don't mind. Sure. And I think it's important to understand, as you pointed out, Shaheen, that ROI and TCO are inter intricately linked to each other, even though 
sort of the factors and the numbers that might go into each of those formula may be independent, they're very much related in how businesses make decisions about what to do and what not to do. And so for us, when as we've been talking to both enterprise customers and service providers, there uh, was a common theme around folks being a little bit unsure about how much it's going to cost them to run this solution. So they maybe figured out that they're going to get a certain revenue stream from being able to provide certain amount of business value to a customer, or now they know that they're going to have lower costs because the support will be easier. But then they start asking, well, it only makes sense to do that if it's an ROI positive, not just if we have revenue. And so when it comes to the TCO, we saw that there was a gap around folks understanding what are the parameters, what are the building blocks, what are the cost structures of building, deploying, and operating an IoT solution. And we realized that this was a real stumbling block for making a decision about whether to proceed because you had a bunch of people in the room and they all had a bunch of questions and a bunch of uncertainties about, are we doing the right thing? Is there something else that we could be doing better? And all of these types of questions and uncertainties within the organization actually end up impeding progress. And so we thought maybe this is somewhere where we can actually help out and create a way for organizations to move past this hurdle. That's great. So how did you guys go about it to build a TCO tool and how to make it available? It is it is on your website. I highly recommend all our listeners to go check it out. You offer it for sponsorship. It's the same tool that is available regardless of how you get to it. Clearly, as a Pharaoh, we have an interest in this tool. We looked at it. So, you know, we're looking forward to being a sponsor of the tool as well. Take us through how all of that thought process went and, you know, how it turned into the product that it is today. Sure. So yeah, it really started, as I said, the conception was really understanding that this was a, a set of questions that everybody was asking. And so whenever there's a, a question that's being asked by many of our clients, we, we start to wonder about, is there something that we can produce, whether it's a piece of research or a web app that can help address some of these problems. And I think with something like TCO, we recognize that a static document that simply talks about what the inputs are and what the outputs are would be somewhat useful, but at the end of the day, it would fall short because everybody would ultimately need to figure out a model that works for them. And so from our perspective, we started with our research, so our understanding of the different technologies, the different processes, the different elements that are labor-based that go into assembling and operating an IoT solution. And so we put together a model based on that, based on known prices from a variety of vendors, both cloud and on-premises. And then we took the data that we had and we worked with uh, some of our vendor partners that have models themselves that they use for estimating how much something that would cost. And we refined our model to make sure that it was in line with what the industry was expecting. And if it was different than what our, some of our vendor partners felt was right, we had a good justification for, for going in that direction. And finally, after talking to the vendor side, of course, it's really important to talk to the enterprises. And so we had a series of conversations with enterprises. So these are the folks that are building IoT solutions, and they're the consumers of this calculator. And we worked with them to understand whether this type of model suit their needs. And if, if uh, they were still trying to answer this question, whether this was getting them closer to that, and if it's something they already answered before, we wanted to know, would this have saved you time? Would this have allowed you to progress more quickly? And, and ultimately, once we were able to get consensus on all of those criteria, we decided to make it available to the public. 
So in agreement with you, and my observation is that time to market is emerging as a pretty critical factor among many. Now, what parameters are included in this? Because TCO, of course, can cut across a really large spectrum. And in the IoT, as we discussed, you can go really from antennas and how they get connected to the net and you know whether you need FCC certification all the way to what AI framework you need to use and everything in between. What, what is kind of the scope of this for users to consider? Yeah, that's right. I think you, you make a really good point about sort of TCO models in, in that if the TCO model truly reflects every possible cost that goes into the solution, then that TCO model will become too complex and it won't be something that customers feel comfortable using because they're looking for a resource rather than a, a PhD dissertation on, on IoT and, and deployment. And so, so when we think about it, we try to break it down into a fairly concrete set of criteria and parameters that go into the model. And it really comes down to us looking at both the quantitative side and the qualitative side. And now it's very difficult to model qualitative aspects of IoT solution development and deployment. So our TCO model focuses primarily on the quantitative elements of building a solution. And then primarily, our sweet spot from the Mach Nation perspective is really understanding all of the middleware. So the data management, the device management, all of the enabling technologies that sit above the connectivity layer, but below that domain-specific application that you might build as a white good manufacturer or other types of goods. And so when it comes to the quantitative elements, we ultimately focused on the infrastructure piece, the software as a service fees, and the labor. And so... What's interesting about the build versus buy breakdown of our TCO model is that you have different costs for infrastructure and hardware depending on which model you choose. So if you choose to host something in the cloud on, say, Amazon or Google or Microsoft, you still have infrastructure costs, but they are SaaS-based. So you're not actually forcing to put down any capital investment to build out a data center. Whereas if you are doing an on-premises deployment, you really have to understand all of the costs that are at play behind the scenes that Amazon is incurring on the back end. And so we, we spend time understanding the dynamics of the hardware and infrastructure as well as SaaS fees, as well as the labor, which varies dramatically when you think about build versus buy for, for IoT platforms, where my personal view is that although we would like to think that IoT can be built by non-engineers, I think ultimately any project that is IoT-based is going to have some engineering, some software development that's tied to it. However, there is a big difference between building middleware and building infrastructure and simply consuming it as a service and building your final application. And so the labor, which is also a dramatically important component and a, and a very costly component of this equation, is something that really varies quite a bit between companies that choose to build something in-house versus those that go and find something that solves a lot of their problems off the shelf. Absolutely. Now, as a platform provider, what we are observing among Afero customers is that they really enjoy not having to spend a lot of time and a lot of engineering resources doing the things that have already been done and, and instead focus on the data, focus on the structure of the data, focus on building applications on top of that data, plugging it into enterprise applications that exist and could benefit from this and really accelerate their digital business fourth industrial revolution, digital transformation, all of those labels are really pointing to the same thing. Yeah, that's right. And I think, you know, what we found is that although in the quantitative model, it's almost always better to go to a vendor rather than build something yourself. 
it becomes even more apparent that vendors have a huge role to play when you look at the, all the qualitative elements of the equation of TCO and build versus buy. Because when we start talking about time to market and the level of customization required and in-house competencies and compliance and security and ongoing support, all of those things, if you think about most businesses, they're not in the business of building out scalable middleware. They're not experts in that field. They're likely asset manufacturers or white goods providers. And to them, this is just an overhead that they don't really benefit from because they're not going to be reselling that technology to anybody else. They're just looking to embed it in their products so their customers can enjoy them. And so sort of the, the meter between build versus buy tilts even much more heavily towards the buy part once you factor in all of these qualitative, difficult to measure things that really make a huge difference when it comes to strategic decisions around whether to build something in-house or find somebody that can help you with it. Now, you mentioned many of those good parameters. And another one that we have talked about together is scale, is that it's, it's a completely different ballpark, whether you're connecting one device or 10 or 100 compared to thousands, hundreds of thousands or millions. And for that, you really do need industrial strength health, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, one of the things that we often notice is that, you know, in this IoT journey, the POC or the pilot is, is often an, a first step to getting somewhere. And one of the faults of the pilot is that it just doesn't take into account all of the things you're going to need when you go production scale. And so you might build something in-house, you might think about, oh, this seems to be working, why do I need to go out to a vendor? But the reality is you're connecting five or, or six or seven devices to your technology platform, and you're simply not stumbling over all of the things you're going to stumble over once you have thousands, tens of thousands, or hundred thousands of connections going. And so that's sort of one of the tricky bits is that a lot of companies want to try it themselves to sort of see whether they should go out to a vendor or whether they can save money by doing them in-house. But the process that vendors go through to test this is inherently flawed because it doesn't really take into account all of the challenges of, of bringing that solution to scale. Right on. So what is the reception to the tool so far? And how do you see it used by customers? And uh, let us know how it's uh, doing. Yeah, it's been really interesting for us. You know, we started as an industry analyst firm and then we moved into building some of these models and doing a lot of uh, hands-on benchmarking of these platforms. And what this tool has done is it's actually put us on the map with a lot of enterprises that are looking for ways to figure out how to make their IoT journey successful. And this has allowed us to gather a lot of really interesting research and understanding from enterprises and the pain points that they experience as they look through moving from one step to the other in their IoT journey. And it has really helped us validate some of the initial hypotheses that we had around this TCO being an important element because it comes up over and over where we hear from an enterprise and they're telling us that there is an internal debate about build versus buy and something like this tool has really helped them create an independent and unbiased third party that can come in and help guide them through this conversation and help make sure that everyone feels like their opinions and their concerns are being heard and come to an amicable conclusion and decide to move to the next step in the IoT journey. That's great. I love what you've been doing. I love the benchmark reports. I love this TCO tool, the expertise that you're assembling. Uh, listeners out there, if you have any questions about this stuff, I highly recommend that you tap the expertise that Mock Nation offers, give them a call, you'll like what you hear. So what what is next? You know, IoT also has the wonderful quality that feels rather endless. We're just in the beginning phases of it with things coming online. So how do you see this space in the coming months and years? 
Yeah, that's right, Shaheen. When we think about what's next and what's around the corner, and once we solve the set of challenges that are at hand, we're starting to engage in more work with enterprises and service providers and helping them navigate the complexities of not just the initial deployment of the IoT solution, but the actual operation and iteration of of how IoT will actually evolve once it's made available to an enterprise or to a customer. And so for us, a really big part of what's going on and what's happening in the future is helping companies understand what's next. So they've deployed version 1.0. Nobody in their right mind expects that to be the final solution that allows everything to work exactly as planned. And a lot of folks recognize that it's an iterative process that takes time and effort and constant feedback loops coming from your marketing teams, from your sales teams, and from your customers. And so for us, it's really exciting to see what's going to be happening next with the next evolution of IoT, when folks start to move from that initial deployment and just getting the bare minimum up and running to those more advanced solutions where they can get closer to their customers, they can solve more problems, and they can make their businesses even more efficient with the advent of some of the technologies that IoT brings. That's perfect and pretty aligned with also what we are seeing in our customer base, you pointed to some of the fun things that are happening out there in IoT. We just had recently a collaboration that was a part of a press release and demo activity with Mitsubishi Bank out in Japan and culminated in the concept of a bank of things when you can envision a world in the future where things are paying each other. And obviously they might do it in microtransactions. So all of that needs to be available. So then there is a platform that manages microtransactions and micropayments, and then integrating all of that with the particular device, that's the kind of stuff that can really be inspiring. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the other really important element of the future of IoT that, that your, your thoughts uh, brought it, it to my mind was that IoT is moving from having sort of independent siloed solutions of I connected my things and you connected your things to moving to a much more collaborative, interconnected world where IoT solutions from different companies, from different manufacturers are actually going to be integrated together and different assets that were only initially able to talk to their manufacturer are going to be talking to each other. And I think that's the line of IoT that is really exciting and extremely promising in terms of changing how the world works and how people operate and how businesses run. When you have all of this collaboration between different vendors, all connecting their assets for the common good of making the experiences of their customers, their users, their enterprises much more seamless and much more rich. Yeah, well said. Good. So let's bring it back to TCO tool. Why don't you sum it up for us, what it does and why people should use it and where to go get it. Sure. Thanks, Shaheen. And thanks for having me on the podcast. It's been a pleasure talking to you about this exciting elements uh, within the IoT ecosystem. So, so the TCO tool, from our perspective, is a really important part of the IoT journey. We recognize that a lot of enterprises are looking at figuring out both the ROI and the TCO of standing up IoT solutions in their business. And the TCO tool is designed to make those decisions easy by taking advantage of a lot of the research that Machination has collected over the last five years that we've been in the market and making it available to anyone that visits our website by looking at the different inputs that are required to build an IoT solution and helping formulate quantitative results and quantitative models around the future growth of IoT and how the cost structure of a solution that is looking to be deployed will affect your enterprise for years to come. And so we recommend folks check it out. And absolutely, if you have any questions about the tool or if you have any feedback, we'd love to hear from you. Perfect. Thank you, Dima. Thank you for being on the podcast. 
As I mentioned earlier, we are uh, a proud sponsor of the tool and we'll add a link to the description of this podcast to go get it. As I said, it's the same tool regardless of how you get it. And I know you've got a couple of other sponsors, but we will have one that will probably have a Pharaoh in there somewhere. So thanks again. And thank you to all our listeners until next time. Thanks, Shaheen. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on the show.